Welcome to the South Metro Ministries podcast. Here's this week's message from Pastor Alan Matura. I'm starting a series today entitled All In. I've been telling you that two weeks. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, I have purchased a book by Mark Batterson entitled All In. The sermon I'm preaching is not from this book, but maybe something I will in the future preach. I have purchased a copy the church has for all the staff members. It's required reading. For all the elders, it's required reading. I can get you a copy through Christian book distributors at our cost. I paid $19.99 for mine, but we can get you a copy for $13 with shipping. If you want to be all in, it's based on this book. I wouldn't promote this book if it wasn't based on this book. I'm all in about my 35 years of marriage. I do not want to have come this far and fail my wife and my family. I'm all in about getting healthy in my body now because I know what being unhealthy will do. And I got a long ways to go. I'm all in about my children and my grandchildren. And forgive me if this sounds arrogant, but don't mess with them. I'm all in about them. Last night, I was all in about New Orleans whipping Seattle. But New Orleans failed me, so now look out, Denver. I'm watching for you. I'm just, I'm saying to you as your pastor, beginning March 24th next year. This year, this year, March 24th. I will start my 30th year as pastor of this church. Then another church in America, I want to pastor. Then another place I'm going. I'm going up through the rapture, so you're stuck with me. But don't laugh too soon because I'm stuck with you. No, I'm just kidding. I'd love you here. And I got space for others because this ain't my church, it's his. But what I'm saying to you is, if we're going to pray and come to church, make it count. Did I, did I, thought, I thought I heard somebody say amen. amen. So I, I just want you to know, if you can't be here, pray someplace else. Tonight at 6 o'clock, tomorrow at Pastor Darrell's in charge, and the prayer is going to be for family. One hour is all I'm asking. When the hour is over, you leave. And we ain't going to all be kneeling here and just, we're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, we're going to take. Tuesday night, Sammy Bird, our prayer director, is in charge. The emphasis will be revival. Wednesday night, Pastor Jeff is in charge. And the Holy Spirit leading him, it's going to be on prayer. And by the way, we got enough of you left. That if, if 100 of you join the choir, it's enough for you to be here on Wednesday nights to hear the word of God. Just thought I'd throw that in. Because Pastor Jeff is not a second-class leftover preacher. Okay? He is a man full of the Holy Ghost who fasts and pray every, every time he has to come to this pulpit. And I'm not, he didn't ask me to say that. I'm just telling you. When he speaks to me, I say, yes, sir. Now sit down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm all in about Jesus this year. More than I've ever been in my 56 years of living. Rise to your feet, please, would you? Let's go to the scripture. Join me in the book of Kings, which would be book number one. One Kings, chapter number 18. If you want a copy of this book, I'll be glad to order it for you. I'll try to have it by Sunday. It has to be prepaid. Cash, check, or your card. If you have a card, go to the media area. They will swipe it for you. But I cannot order it unless it's prepaid because this is church money I'm dealing with, not mine. If you don't have it today and you want to order it this week, call the office or bring the money by. Or come next Sunday, but I'll have as many copies available. $13. I introduced you to Circle Maker written by the same man two years ago. It changed my prayer life. If you'd like to have a copy, it's not mandatory for you. But if you've been to the movies lately, you'll spend more on that for popcorn movies, double that. Well, that's sermon number one. 1 King 18, verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Carmel is the mountain where God just showed up and brought fire down from heaven. And burned up the sacrifice of the God of Baal and proved he was God. 
kill 450 lion prophets of the heathen woman Jezebel, the queen. God showed it. He was God. Elijah went to Mount Carmel, verse 42. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now and look toward the sea. So he went and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times he said, Go again. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, The servant saying to Elijah, There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, Go up, say to Ahab, who is the king, Prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a cloud, uh, there was heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Look what happens when a man is full of the power of God. Verse 46. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins. You know what that girded up his loins means? In verse 46 it means it tucked in his shirts of his robe and the skirts of his robe in his belt in preparation for quick travel. He girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now, now listen to this now. Ahab was in a horse-driven chariot. The man of God was on his two legs. You get full of the Holy Ghost and get all in. <laughs> You'll outrun the devil. Shut your hands this way. Say, bless the Lord, O my soul. Say it. And all that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the pastor in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. Please. Let me, let me introduce this series. Keep your Bibles open there. We'll, we'll look at that. Not all the scriptures I have for you is, is going to be on the screen. Uh, let me introduce the series all in. Once you board an airplane and the captain of the airplane has started his or her ascent, you are all in. In other words, you may like to push the call button above your seat to get the flight attendant's attention to say to him or her, I have changed my mind. Instead of going to Chicago, I prefer sunny Miami. Would you kindly inform the captain that I have changed my mind now that we are 10,000 feet and us climbing to 35 and that I would like to go to Miami instead of Chicago? We have airline pilots who attend here, and some are here even in this service. And uh, they will tell you that you can say all you want to about preferring the sunny, balmy Miami to the frozen Chicago. But we have already done our flight plans, and we're not changing them going south instead of north because you want warmer weather. You are all in, honey. In case you didn't get what all in meant, I do not ride roller coaster rides, period. <laughs> well, what little brain and life I have left, I want to preserve it. So I will watch somebody else ride it. If there are my children and grandchildren and of age where they can ride that ride that goes up and around and twirls you around at 16 miles an hour and just does all kinds of things to you, breaking this, it would appear to me, the legal speed limit of 65 miles an hour. Well, I have stood long enough to watch people ride that. And once they strap you in and the person in charge of the ride push the start button, you are, yes. And if I, by some degree of my stupidity, elected a ride beside you, I would be all out on your lap with more than was in me. So I don't ride them because you're all in. Uh, let, let me see if I can help you to know what all in means. If you've had a surgical procedure or going to, where it is necessary for you to be anesthetized, that is to be asleep so you don't feel the discomfort. Once the anesthesiologist starts the procedure of putting you to sleep, and he or she says to you, See you 
when it's over. You are yes. They're going to do all kinds of things to you. And if they're not good, they're going to leave some stuff in you. And I don't speak that to their disdain at all. I'm just, I'm just saying, ah, oh, this is a little crude. It's lunchtime. I better not say that. All in. If we are going to fast and pray at whatever level we want to, because we need miracles, why don't we make it count and get all in? Now, 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 now listen to me. Uh, prayer, if you're looking for a definition, prayer simply refers to people's communication or conversation with God. That's what prayer is. You talk into God. And when you, when you pause, reverentially, he speaks back to your spirit. Prayer is talking to God. And so I want to talk to you today about and, and I'm in a series of lessons on all in, so I don't know how long it'll take me, but I'm all in until it's all out. What God's given me. If we're going to pray, why don't we make it count? But here, here's a real concern. Mark Batterson, who's the author of the book All In, has a section titled, Who's Following Who? And this is what he says. I think it's on page 16 and 17. He says, most people in most churches think they are following Jesus, but I'm not so sure. They may think they are following Jesus, but the reality is this. They have invited Jesus to follow them. They call him Savior, but they never surrendered to him as Lord. Mark Madison continues by asking the question, who's following who? Are you following Jesus? Or have you inverted the gospel by asking Jesus to follow you? Jesus never says, come take up your cross and I'll follow you. I feel a, yeah, you know. I'll whoop glory. I ain't mad at nobody. But we got this politically correct business about Christianity. We do our Sunday politically correct social obligation Jesus thing and wonder why he don't answer our prayers because the only time we're in is as long as we can stand that bald-headed man up there. And I'm not meaning to be difficult and hard but I'm asking myself the question, Alan, are you all in or is this just a job? And I'm going to tell you something. If you've ever been to hell and came back in some physical form in the sense of your, not a physical form, correct yourself, Alan, in some emotional form or through physical suffering, and you know you didn't get back on your own power, and on your money, and on your geological history, or uh, not, not that's the word, genealogy is the word I'm looking for, your family tree. And you know that God brought you back. You're going to be all in. Because you don't ever want to go back to where you was. If God brought you out of sin and darkness, and nobody give you the time of day, not even your mama or your daddy, because you abused them so much, but God says, come out of your hog pen of sin and come out of your lying and your cheating and your snorting and shooting it up and sleeping with whomever you don't know or do know and cussing and swearing and pornography and lying and backbiting. I'll take you. If God's ever done that for you, you ain't got to decide whether I'm halfway in and halfway out. Nobody has to ask you to pray. You're all in because God gave us his all in Jesus. Somebody clap your hand. That's who Elisha was. 
He was all in. Anybody hearing me? And he was all in about calling on God. Now, now let me talk to you about prayer. Prayer can be multifaceted. Throw it up on the screen for me. Prayer, the word multifaceted means many-sided. So here's how prayer can be. I'll go through them and won't linger. Prayer is calling on God. Can I get a witness? Psalm 17 and 6 says, I have called upon you for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear and hear my speech. Prayer can be calling on the name of the Lord. In Genesis 4 and 26, the word of God says there came a time when men began to call on the name of the Lord. Prayer is not only calling on God and calling on the name of the Lord, but another part of its multifacetedness is crying aloud to the Lord. In Psalm 3 and 4, the Bible says, I cry to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me from his holy hill. Now, now, now listen to me in it. There have been times in my life when this lay me down to sleep kind of prayer, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That ain't going to do for what I'm facing. Because I'm liable to pray my soul to take and he's liable to take it. Okay? That's fine if you're a little kid. God is great. God is good. Let us thank you for his food. Amen. That's fine if you're a little kid. But some of the mountains you got to climb and the valleys you got to go through are so dark and the ocean you got to swim, you can't swim. You, you got to cry aloud. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. I feel preachy like McDonald's is hamburger, but I'll keep on. Here's another side of praying. Prayer can be called lifting up one soul to the Lord. Psalm 25 and 1 says, To you, Lord, I lift up my soul. Prayer is seeking the Lord. Number 5, in Isaiah 55 and 6, the Word of God says, put it on the screen. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him. While he is near. Come, come, come on, help me here, somebody. You ever lost something, went after it? And you couldn't find it? And if you're like me, you're always embarrassed because I was looking for my glasses and it's right on my head. Keep on laughing. You're getting where I am and some of you already passed me. You ever lose something in the bag? The Mary Poppins bag? Got everything in there but you can't find it? And you go seeking after it. That's what God through Jesus did for you. He left the 99 safe in the fold and found out one of his children, one of his sheep was missing. And he made sure the 99 was safe and he didn't come back to the fold until he found you and I. And I wish you would say praise the Lord because he didn't give up on you. Number six, prayer is also approaching the throne of God with grace and confidence. The writer of the book of Hebrews says to us in chapter 4 verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You know what that means? I don't care whatever name it, claim it, blab it, preacher you've been listening to. Blab it, grab it. You don't point your finger in God's face and tell him anything. He ain't your buddy and your pal. He's a friend that's closer than a brother, but he is God. You don't come and say, because your word says this, you better do it. <laughs> you say, your word says it, and I claim it. Come boldly means come humbly. Come boldly means the devil tells you, God won't give you the time of the day, but come with confidence knowing that he says, if you come, I'll listen. That's what that means. Let us, come, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Number seven, prayer is drawing near to God. Throw it up on the screen for me. When I pray, I draw near to God. When I, when I want to talk to Valerie and she wants my undivided attention, she draws near to me. When, when Lakeland, he's going to be four later on this month, my grandson, our grandson would want Papa's attention and then when he was where I was holding him in his arm and, and you know he wasn't, he wasn't of age where he walk and run around now, I got to chase him and 
when I'm talking to some of you and had him in my arms, he'd turn my face. Papa, Papa. He was drawing my attention. I feel another whoop glory coming on. If you want God's attention, you got to make an effort. And no wonder the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance. What are the reasons for prayer? Taking notes, write this reason number one. God commands his followers to pray. Just do it. Through the psalmist, he tells us to pray. Through the prophets of the Old Testament, he tells us to pray. Elijah showed us how to pray. Elijah and Elisha. Through the apostles, he tells us to pray. The early church leaders showed us how to pray. Even Jesus, who didn't need to pray, because he's God, rose up a great while before day and prayed. Can I, can I get a witness here? Before he broke the loaves and fishes, he prayed. Can I get an amen? On the stormy sea of Galilee, he prayed, peace, be still. You got some stormy seas you need to pray over. Yeah. Hanging on the cross. In the Hebrew, he cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. Meaning, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And if Jesus needed to pray, that doesn't excuse me. Because I'm not Jesus. Neither is anybody else I know on the earth. Why should we pray? 1 Chronicles 16 and 11 says, Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His face forevermore. Here's another reason why we pray. Prayer connects us to God's power and purpose. Yeah. I need His power for the purpose He has for my life and so do you. You are here this morning in service because you need his power and purpose. Coming to church this morning, I saw that my cell phone was in the red zone for an indication to me that it needs to be recharged. More features on that cell phone than I know how to use, but I'm glad to have it. So I come into this office and I do some other things and I plug in to the outlet, the cord that connects to the cell phone and I laid it on the desk and I went about doing some stuff and after a while it was up to 50% and I just pulled it out because I didn't have time to let it go all the way to 100 because I needed to call Pastor JC at Redeeming River Church at 8.30 and pray with him. And then my dad and I would pray together at 9.45, uh, 8.45. But I had some men meet me. I have some men meet me in the office every Sunday morning. Been doing it for years. You know why? Because I need to be charged up. I feel a whoop. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. It's that way. How? It's how I, de- I, I deal with the anointing. I don't know what you call your anointing, but I call mine whoop glory. That's what I call mine. And I know you got sophisticated friends. You invited today, and they got their. You know, they're not used to all this kind of stuff. Well, they might as well get used because you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And ain't no trick about this. It's the anointing of the Holy You are here this morning because you need to be charged up for God's power and purpose. You are here this morning. Gasoline runs about $3.10 a gallon. And if you're driving a different car that requires more than... than I wish I could, with all the, the, the thousands of miles that I put on the vehicle every year, I wish I could fill up on January 1 and not need to fill up anymore. And the only way that will happen is if I drive on January 1, maybe to about 5, and then park the car. But regardless of the price, if I'm going to get somewhere, i got to pay the price. If you want the power, you got to pray the price. P-R-A-Y. 
Because prayer connects us to the power and purpose of God. Jesus told the disciples in the book of Acts 1 and 8, they were already saved. They had already have the Spirit of God dwelling in them. But Jesus said, I'm leaving you and you're going to need more power. So I'm going to send the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Acts 1 and 8, Jesus said, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He told the guys that were closest to him, don't you do a day of ministry until you receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, John indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but I will baptize you in the Holy Ghost, including tongues, especially tongues. Because in Acts 2 and 4, the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Now, I know some of you are of the tradition in the past where some church somewhere told you that tongues was demon-possessed and it died out with the apostles. They don't know their Bible. Because tongues is an instrument that the devil cannot, he does not have a weapon against. It's a prayer language that God gives you. And somebody asked the question occasionally to me, uh, do I have to be speaking in tongues to be filled with the Holy Ghost? That's not the question. Here's the statement to your question. You get to speak in tongues. That's a gift from God. Can I? Okay, here's another argument. If you want the power, you can't just say enough but the tongues. Okay? And I'm preaching a whole sermon on that later on. I'm just kind of wetting your fire a little bit, or lighting the fire. Well, Jesus didn't speak in tongues. Are you Jesus? <laughs> Jesus didn't need to speak in tongues because he already knew how to pray. But the Bible says God gives us the Holy Spirit and gives us the language of tongues because we are human and we don't always know how we ought to pray, so therefore we should pray in the Spirit. You're doing good, little Indian. Thank you very much. You will not be on my church staff unless you believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with speaking in tongues and you fill with the Spirit. You will not be an elder of this church unless your spirit filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues because the common denominator when the baptism fell in the book of Acts was not the wind and the fire, but tongues. And it's not gibberish and a bunch of junk. It's the power of God, another weapon that the devil cannot interpret that God can interpret. So please understand, there are other ministries you can do here if you don't speak in tongues. That's perfectly fine. But you're not going to pray with anybody on my behalf or lay hands on anybody if you don't have that weapon because sometimes you lay hand on somebody and something and you don't have a clue what it's about. But the Shokoto Rabba Shekete Lambo Sototo Holder Bashatale Holy Ghost will show you how to pray. And if you want that kind of power, you better be all in. This Bible is not a buffet line where you pick and choose what you want. And I'm Baptist and I'm, a, I'm Presbyterian and I'm so and so. Well, go right ahead and live limited. But if you are all in, Nobody has to beg you to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus said be filled with the Spirit and it means the whole package. So if you want to know why I require it, don't take it up with my usher and don't take it up with my staff. Take it up with me. Oh, I'm not trying to be cocky or arrogant. But I'm Pentecostal from this bald spot to this bald toe right here. And I'm not ashamed of it. The difference from this church and maybe the 20 more other churches within 10 miles of maybe 50 is that we are a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, interpreting, believing the Lord church. But we ain't just about tongues because in that same package comes a word of knowledge, miracles, faith, healing, discerning of spirits, the fruits of the Spirit. And if you're not all in, then don't go seeking anymore. Because God says it's a gift. You got to pay for your gasoline. 
but the gift was short. The gift of the power of God is free. And it's like an artesian well springing up into your labosoko topaya. This week, I'm going to be praying in the Holy Ghost. Right here in this house. And I pray in the Holy Ghost at night. And I just, I can, you see, it's not some kind of pixie dust somebody throws on you and you act like a blittering idiot. You can cut it off just like you can your regular speech or you can let it flow. But when you let it flow, oh, you talk about rain. You shall receive. Look, look at number three. I got to land this plane. There are many things that God will not, the things that will not happen in God's kingdom unless his people pray. Did anybody hear me? God can do everything on his own. He don't need Alan Matura, Jeff Merriman. He don't need Jose Aponte. He don't need Sylvia. He don't need anybody. David or anybody. He can do everything on his own, but there he has chosen somehow to let us in on it by when we pray and believe, things begin to happen. Elijah got impressed of the Holy Ghost to confront King Ahab and Queen Jezebel about the idolatry and hedonism that the people of God were now involved with. And he called for a showdown on one of the highest peaks in that region of the Israel called Mount Carmel. I got to go there in 1999 on my one and only visit to Israel. And on a clear day from Mount Carmel, you can see about 15 miles to the Mediterranean Sea and you can see all around the valleys and other hilltops. Ahab was the king. Jezebel was his wife. He married into hedonism, the king of Israel. And with his marriage, she brought around her, brought her baggage, meaning idolatry and the worship of man-made gods. And the idolatry was so perverse there were carved images of human sexual organs that people bow down to. There were temple prostitutes that the worshipers paid to be intimate with in the name of God. That's how dark the hedonism got. Ahab was henpecked. When he, Jezebel, by the way, Jezebel was his wife, the queen. She was... The devil in a dress. Don't be, this looks right here. Look right here. Don't be nudging anybody. Just look right here. Some of you think I married her sister. And that other person thinking I married her brother. When Jezebel said to King Ahab, who was the commander in chief, jump, he'd say, ha ha. She brought in all, she had 450 prophets who was in her payroll and she paid them and they ate free at her table in the palace every day. So whatever she wanted prophesied, they did. Right? You all know that if you go to work tomorrow and you have a boss or supervisor, try telling them that you're not going to do it anymore. And see if they won't tell you. See ya? but I won't want to be you. Because you're gone. And so these 450 false prophets, they were in her payroll. So they, let, me, let me tell you this about Alan Matura, okay? And again, don't perceive me as cocky and arrogant. I need the elders in this church. I need the accountability of my elders and the covering. I need my administrative bishop, Dr. Michael Baker, who... There's over 280 churches of God and 100,000 members in North Georgia. I need his covering. I believe in it. I need the covering of my general bishop of the entire denomination, Dr. Mark Williams. I'm under authority here. Okay? I won't tell you this. I'm not under the authority of any preaching committee or any elders or any overseer that tries to tell me what to preach. I'm not on their payroll. I'm on God's payroll. Okay? I know who got me here, so I am not preaching because if I say something here, it'll offend some big giver and they won't come back. 
or because somebody is a uh, so-and-so influence in the community. And if I say that because their child's doing that, I'm not preaching to make them mad. But I ain't on nobody's payroll. My name is on his roll. And when I stand before him, he's going to say, I told you on January 12, 2014 to say that, and you didn't say it. And then he might even say, you said too much, and I didn't tell you to say that. <laughs> you understand where I'm coming from? Okay? Elijah says, now, I know what time it is, but I'm all in, okay? So if you're really hungry and you got to go, good luck. Because the kind of food you're going to go eat over there, you'll need some more of before. But this kind of food I'm giving you is the bread of life. Okay? So I know what time it is, and I'm sick and tired of always being run by the clock. And I'm also, let me tell you this, but I know, I respect that you got to go to work. If you got to go, fine. I love you. God bless you. But I got a word from heaven. I didn't get this from Mark's book. I got it from this book. Okay? Elijah called for a showdown on Mount Carmel. Told the 450 false prophets of Baal, you all build you an altar. You all put the animals on the altar you want to sacrifice and get, get it ready. And I am, and my servants, we're going to build us an altar over here. And we're going to put the animal sacrifice and we, we are going to get it ready. Now, here's what's going to happen. Don't light a fire in the wood of the altar. The God, you're going to pray first. You and your 450 false prophets or prophets of Baal that led Israel into hedonism, idolatry, sexual perversion, and God to turn his back on us, you all go first. And the God that sends fire down from heaven and burns up the sacrifice is the God we're going to serve. So if Baal answers your prayer and burns up your sacrifice, I, the prophet of God, will serve Baal. But now if he doesn't do it, and my God and Jehovah God comes to our altar and our animal and our sacrifice and burns it, then everybody else must serve him. Is that the deal? They said, so be it. Everybody still with me? These prophets built the altar, put the animals, and started from early morning praying and chanting, and nothing happened after the first hour. The second hour, they disrobed themselves and they started cutting their flesh. Go read it. Go read it prior to these verses. And they were bleeding for their, for their God. And they were, they were climbing and jumping up on the altar. About, about noontime. It's four hours now. And Elijah got anointed. He said, you know, maybe your God's on a vacation. And, and he ain't hearing you. Uh, uh, maybe, your God, uh, maybe your God's asleep. And you got to wake him up. Tell him you need some fire. Maybe, maybe your God is, is, is hearing impaired. And therefore, therefore he can't, uh, can't hear your prayers. And he said enough. Elijah said enough. You'll have four hours. And you've stripped and you've danced and you've cut your flesh and bled all over this place. And there must be at least maybe 50 to 100,000 people from all over Israel or more than that gathered up here. And we, got, we run out of time. So Elijah told his servants, now here's the altar I built. Pour water on it. They did. Pour some more water on the animal and the wood. How many know your fire can't be lit if your wood's wept? I thought that, Yes. Okay, so understand, he dug a trench. Elijah went one step further, dug a deep trench around his altar and uh, in his sacrifice. And he said, fill it up with water. And in the King James, it took a 63-word prayer. After 60-second word, <laughs> I feel a whoop glory. God, on a clear blue sky, white cloud day with no storm clouds and lightning nearby, sent fire from heaven and burned up the animal, burned up the wood and dried up the trenches. And that's all that was needed because there was a praying man. Somebody help me praise the Lord. There's just some things that God ain't going to do unless you, you get involved. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, come to the music, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Oh, listen here. You can't be expecting no answers if you're living like a heathen between Sunday evening and the next Sunday morning. Don't, you can pray all you want to till your face is blue and your sweat becomes this great drop of blood. But if you're living like hell during the week, don't expect heaven to show up. 
If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Humble means that I bow down and I say, God, it ain't my mother or my father, my brother, my sister, my pastor or my coach. It's me. I repent. I've needed to repent more times than I got fingers and toes and I was almost going to say hair on my head, but that wouldn't be many, would it? And before this day is over, there's going to be something I need to repent of because I'm human. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and heal their land. You know what happened right after that? Elijah said after the fire came down, he said, kill all 450 of those prophets. Kill them. They're liars. God proved that he was God. They're on this Jezebel payroll. And you know what he said? He told his servant, go tell Ahab, verse 41, to go up and eat, for there's a sound of abundance of rain. He told the king, go get something to eat, because it hadn't rained in three and a half years, but rain's coming now. Some of you have been in a three and a half year, three and a half month spiritual desert. I've been there too sometimes. But the man of God says, not only is God going to consume the sacrifice with fire, he's going to send us some water now. For South Metro Ministries, Pastor Trey, Pastor Jeff, elders, and other team members, Alan Matura hears a sound of an abundance of rain. Oh, I want these chairs filled up, and I want God to bless us so we can retire our debt, but that ain't my priority. We need some rain on our marriages. We need some rain in our bodies. We need some rain in our relationship with God. We need some growth in the area of love and forgiveness. And we need some repentance. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. And oh, the man of God said, Go, servant, and look out and see if you see something coming over by way of rain. And the, and the servant went and he said, No, I don't see anything, man of God. And so the man of God, verse 32, he put his head between, he, put, he bowed down to the ground and put his face between the ground and began to pray. Because that's what he was doing. He doesn't say it here, but I know it because of what will happen when you see what happens. He said to the servant, go look toward the sea. So he went and looked and he said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. If you're going to be in this business of prayer, God does not and is not obligated to hear you the first time. Can I get an Amen. Well, God, you got to 1230, and then, then that's, oh, who made me God? If I want an answer, I don't care if God shows up at midnight, mid-morning, 4 o'clock, or in February. My business is to do what Elijah did. Tuck my, my knee, face between my knees or kneel down, and if it needs to pray five times, six or seven times, pray until your prayers penetrate heaven. Oh, I got, I got, verse 44, then it came the seventh time, and the servant said, there's a cloud as small as a man's hand rising up out of the sea. So he said, Elijah said to the servant, go say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Because Ahab, you got to leave Mount Carmel and go to Jezreel, and it's several miles, and the rain is coming so fast, you might get stuck in the mud if you don't start right now. And you know what's going on? Some of you got stuck in the mud and the rain came and you wasn't prepared and you're stuck halfway in your commitment. You're stuck in the mud of saying, well, I was going to begin to read my Bible and get closer to God, but I had other things. I was going to start tithing so God could bless my finances and I know how to get there because God told me if I give him first, he'll take care of the rest, but I got stuck. The rain came and I got Stuck instead of blessed. You know, anybody hearing this preacher? And look, look, look at what happens. In verse 45, it happened in the meanwhile that the sky became black with clouds and wind. and There rose heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Oh, my, 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 my. They told us yesterday morning, long about 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, it's going to come through Atlanta. And it came through. And I looked at Valerie and I said, Look at the creek in our backyard. A little ways in the back of the yard, it was supposed to be a creek, but it turned out, I thought it was going to turn out to be the hooch. Rain. 
the, the, the king saw that the man of God was serious. He got in his chariot. I don't know if there's two horses pulling him. But the anointing got on the man of God. And verse 46. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. And he girded up his loins. And ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. The king was in a horse-driven chariot. And the man of God took off his coat. That's going to get in the way. Because I feel the anointing coming on me. This shoe's right here. I can't walk in it and chew chewing gum at the same time. There, okay, that's as far as I'm going. And a what glory hit Elijah. And between Mount Carmel and Jezreel, several miles, it's pouring down rain. And he starts running. Along about halfway there, he sees Ahab and his horses. And he says, man, I'll see you when I see you. But I wouldn't want to be you. And with the, with the Holy Ghost anointing, he outran the horses and the chariots of Ahab. Because with God, all things are possible. Stand up. Bring the praise team. Stand up all over this house. Don't clap for me. Clap for the Holy Ghost. Shout for the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Somebody get all in here. Clap your hands. Come on, raise those hands. Come on, raise those hands. Begin to get all in with me. Come on, praise team. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Mm. Uh, I'm on, I'm on, okay. For those of you with your PhDs and your MAs and your BAs and your... All that stuff, I'm going to get back dressed. You know what PhD is, don't you? It's post hole digger. I'm a Pentecostal. And I ain't ashamed of Pacoso. Be still with the music. Everybody else be still. Let the Holy Ghost speak. Mm. Go ahead. That's it. That's the Holy Ghost. And he's going to give the interpretation. Now bear with me a few seconds. And if you have it, my brother, you give it. Or somebody else does. Then give it the interpretation. For right now, everybody just begin to whisper, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Here it is. I've got it. I will give you, says the Spirit, if you will obey exceedingly, more abundantly than you could think or ask. The Spirit says through tongues, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. The Spirit says you are my child, but you must move first. You must move Anything in your life that hinders my holiness from entering your life. Search your heart, says the Spirit. I have already spoken to you. You know what it is. But I'm not here to beat you up, says the Spirit. And I'm not here to cast you out. And you're not my orphan. You are what Jesus said you are. You have royal blood flowing through your veins, says the Holy Spirit. And no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Anybody receiving any of this? The Spirit continues by saying, If an earthly father will give good gifts to his children, how much more will your heavenly father, who already gave his son for you, give you the kingdom? That's the interpretation. Raise your hands and say, I receive it, Lord. Come on, I receive it, Lord. Now play, my brother. Here's how I want to close this service. Go ahead and play. Now you may put your hands down for a moment. Pastor Jeff, come forward if you will, please, sir. Father and I are going to meet you that are our guests today, especially. We'll be in the middle right there to shake your hand if you'd like. The rest of you, we are there because I want to be among you and not above you.
this stage is for my elevation so you can see me because you can tell I'm height challenged. <laughs> but it ain't because I'm there with Elijah and you are one of the servants. We are all there. So has, this is how we're going to close. You will bring your prayer request that, on that card. If you need extra cards, they're out there up front. And you will lay them on the altar. And later on, we'll collect them. And this week, and all through the year, like Pastor Jeff said, you, you put your name on if you want to. You're not writing it to me. You're not writing it to the prayer team. This is you and God's business. Ain't nobody posting this online. It's God's business. But we're going to lay hands on them. But I want you to bow your heads right now. Because the first thing the Holy Spirit said in the tongues and interpretation is that we are the ones that have to search our hearts. If you are not saved, you are not all in. If you're partially in, you're not all in. Pastor, I want to be all in for Jesus. I'm not asking you where you've been, what you've done, and who you did it with. I'm just saying Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, with your head bowed and eyes closed, him that cometh to me, meaning her also, I will in no wise cast out. So, Pastor, I need salvation today. I'm not playing any games. I'm all in. I want to go to heaven, and I want some heaven to come down to me before I go. Raise your hands, if that's you. Thank you. You may put them down. One more invitation. Pastor Matura, I'm saved. I already know that, but I, I need to confess. I'm obedient in some areas, but not as obedient in other areas. Pastor Allen, I'm, I'm like you. Before this day's over, I'll probably say and do something for which I need to ask forgiveness. And I just want the Holy Spirit to refill me today. And I want to be all in from now on. I'm saved already, but I need this kind of prayer. Raise your hand. Everybody raise both of your hands. Everybody look up to the, to the pastor. Tilt your head up now. And don't look into a light, but look like you're looking to Jesus. Repeat after me out loud, everybody. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus. I confess. I haven't always been all in. I ask you today to forgive me. I knew what was right, but I did what I wanted. I confess today that I'm a sinner. I also confess that Jesus Christ is my Savior. And I'm inviting you, Jesus, to come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. And starting today, with your help and your power, I will do whatever you tell me. Today, Jesus, I'm all in. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Start singing, brother. Give, come on, come on. Give the Lord a praise. Open the Sing one time before we go. Lift up your hands. And Pastor Jeff will instruct you to bring your request in a moment. He'll instruct you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit smmcog.com.